Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for September 19th, 2022. I'm teaching a new series right now called Pursuing Grace-Based Success. You want to pursue success God's way. I want you to be a success. God wants you to be a success. You want to be a success, but we want to do it by the grace of God. We want to pursue it God's way. We want to experience God's success the way that he wants us to, and we also want to be a a success in God's eyes. We want to define success the way God defines success, which is God measures success in purpose. So as, as you and I are born again believers, as we're seeking the will of God concerning our lives, we will be measured by the level of the divine purpose that God established for us before the world began. How much of that purpose did we actually accomplish while we were in the land of the living? So this is Pursuing Grace-Based Success, part three. The title of today's message is Taking Possession of Your Promise. I want you as a man of God, as a woman of God, to, to live with a determination that you will take possession of your promised land. You will take possession of everything that God promised for you. Not only is it sitting out there as a promise, but there's going to come a time where God gives you the green light and you will go take possession of that promise. And if there's something standing in the way, then you're going to have to go through it or around it, but you, you are going to take possession. Say, I take possession. You take possession of everything that God has promised for your life. I want you to get ready to receive the word this morning. All right, so let's get into the word, taking possession of the promises of God for our lives. Let's look at our foundational scriptures. The first one is Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through 10 from the easy to read version. The Bible says, I mean that you have been saved by grace. If you're born again, you're saved. You're saved by grace. It's God's grace. And you believed it. So it was God's grace in your faith. Now you did not save yourself. (laughs) Say, I did not save myself. No, it was a gift from God. So salvation, eternal life is a gift from God. And all you can do with the gift is receive it. Now, you're not saved by the things that you have done. You have nothing to boast about. You're not saved by your performance. You're not saved by works. And so in verse 10, the Bible says, God has made us what we are. You know, when I look in the mirror, I know that I'm a God-made man, not a self-made man. God has made us what we are. Why, Paul? The Bible says, in Christ Jesus, God made us new people so that we could spend the rest of our lives doing the good works that God had already planned for us to do. There are some good works that God had already planned for me to do, you to do. And once we're born again, we're in Christ Jesus, God makes us new people so that we're not, we can't judge our future by our past when our past is not holding us back anymore. Once you're born again, sin is not an issue for you. Once you're born again, you're delivered from the power of sin and the penalty of sin. So once you're born again, God made us new people. Why? So that we could spend the remainder of our days doing the good works, say good works, the good works that God had already planned before in advance for us to do. First Corinthians chapter one, verses 30 and 31 from the New Living Translation. The Bible says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. And for our benefit, God made him, Jesus, to be wisdom itself. So God united us with Jesus and God made Jesus to become wisdom itself. So now we have this wisdom that comes from above that we have access to because we're united with Jesus. 
Christ Jesus made us right with God. He made us pure. He made us holy. He freed us from sin. Come on now, say, I am pure. I am holy. I'm free from sin. Why? Because I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. Therefore, as the scriptures say, look, if you want to boast, you can only boast in the Lord. This series is about pursuing success God's way. You want to become a success in God's eyes, and then your boast will be in him and in him alone. My life is not about me, and my life is all about him. I don't make any excuses for the level of success that God gives me. And so whatever God blesses Isabella and I to do, we give glory to his name. We're not gonna, we're not gonna dim the light. We're gonna let the light shine. You know, we're gonna walk in the fullness of the divine calling that is on our lives. And so why? Because of Jesus, right? Second Timothy 1 and 9, the Bible says. Who, who being God, God has saved us, say I'm saved. So God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. That scripture just said that God didn't call us based on our performance. God didn't call us based on our, our own works. God saved us and he called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace. He gave us a purpose, the grace for the purpose. He gave us an assignment, the grace for the assignment. He gave us all of this stuff in Christ Jesus when? Before the beginning of time. And so as a believer, your job is to find it, follow it, and finish it. As a believer, your job is to discover what God already planned and then become that, to discover and walk in whatever it is that God has called for you to walk in while you're in the land of the living. In our last message, we looked at Joshua 1 and 8. I call this God's formula for success. And we're going to be talking about Joshua 1 and 8 today. So let's look at what the Bible says about success. God says to Joshua, hey, Joshua, this book of the law, shall not depart from out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein, how often? Day and night, that thou mayest observe to do, like walk it out, according to all that is written therein. For then, if you do that, like if you keep the word of God in your mouth, if you keep the word of God on your mind, if you keep the word of God in your methods and you walk it out, then you actually are making your own way prosperous and you will have good success. As a believer, what you want is good success. Let's talk about Joshua for a minute. Joshua was selected as one of 12 leaders that was supposed to go in and spy out Canaan, the land that God was giving them, right? So God said to the Israelites through Moses, the leader, that, hey, I'm giving you this land. Now, I know you guys don't know it because you just spent 400 years as slaves in Egypt, but I, this land that I promised your forefathers to give them over 400 years ago. I had a conversation with a man named Abraham, and you guys are descendants of Abraham. And I said to Abraham, Abraham, see, as far as you can see, as far as you can see, you can have it. You, you, whatever you can see, you can have. And Abraham believed God for this plot of land, the land which is now Israel today. He believed God and God said, okay, now this is what I'm giving you, but I'm not going to, you won't be able to take possession of it now. He says, that there's going to come a time you're going to have a descendant. Your descendants will go over to Egypt. They will find favor with Pharaoh. They're going to be there. They'll be blessed. Then there's going to come a Pharaoh that they won't have favor with, and they will fall uh, into slavery, and they'll be slaves for some 400 years. But at that time, when the time comes, when the time is right, I'm going to lead them out of Egypt and lead them into this land that's flowing with milk and honey. So fast forward, God has a conversation with Moses. And God says, I've heard the cries of my people. 
this is a whole burning bush. Take off your sandals. The, the land that the, that you're standing on is holy ground. He says to, to Moses, hey, listen, Moses, uh, I heard the cries of my people and it's time. I, I promised the, their forefathers to give them some land 400 years ago. It's time. It's, my, it's the season. It's the time. And so now I, I am going to lead them out of Egypt and lead them into the land flowing with milk and honey. That's two things. God says to, to at the burning bush, God says, hey, I am going to lead them out and I am going to lead them in, right? And so he says to Moses, now what I need you to do is go lead them out. Let me say that again. God said two things. I'm going to lead them out. I'm going to lead them in. Hey, Moses, what I need you to do is lead them out. People say, well, Moses didn't go into the promised land because he struck the rock twice and he was disobedient. No, he didn't go into the promised land because he was never supposed to go into the promised land. When God had a conversation with him at the burning bush, God said, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to lead them out and I'm going to lead them in. And then he says to Moses, I only need you to lead them out. There was somebody else that was supposed to lead them in, and his name is Joshua. So fast forward, Moses is standing there with the people that, that come out of Egypt. They, they didn't come out empty-handed. God made sure that they came out with gold and silver and precious stones. They, they, he, he made sure the, the, the Egyptians gave them all the stuff as they were leaving. So they come out with riches. They're no longer slaves. And God says, I'm giving you this land. He says, he says to Moses, send one leader from every tribe because I want every all the tribes have buy-in and send them in to the land flowing with milk and honey and, and have them to come back and, and provide proof that this is, I'm giving you this land. It's already done. Say it's already done. All right, so now Joshua is one of the 12 spies that were selected. But of the 12, only two, say two. Only two, Joshua and Caleb believed God. Only Joshua and Caleb believed God's promise. And they said, we are well able to do this thing. But 10 of the 12, so 10 of the 12, they developed a grasshopper mentality. They said, no, we look like grasshoppers in their sight. There's giants in the land. We can't do it. And their fear was contagious and it infected millions of people. And the people believed the 10 instead of the two. And as a result, millions of people died in the wilderness. 40 years later, now God is ready to get this new generation into the promised land. And God says to Joshua, who's now the national leader, hey, listen, I'm giving you this promised land. I'm giving it to you by grace. And this is what I need you to do, Joshua. This book of the law cannot depart from out of thy mouth. You got to meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do all that is written therein, for then you will make your own way prosperous and you will have good success. So in one scripture, when now it's time to enter into the promised land, God says to Joshua, this is how you're going to do it. You're going to keep my word in your mouth. You're going to keep my word on your mind. You're going to keep my word in your methods. So I'm teeing all of that up to now, what does this mean for you today? I have three things to share with you in this morning. And as I get into these three things, I want you to open up your heart to receive, rid your heart and your mind of all distractions. You ready? Three things. Number one, here we go. God has plans for you and his plans are to prosper you. You know, Jeremiah 29 and 11, God has made plans to prosper us, to give us a future and a hope. God loves you so much that he did not allow you to be born without a purpose. God is a purposeful God. He is a very intentional God. God, say, say this, so you can put this in the chat. God sent me to the planet at just the right time. So God sent you to this planet at just the right time. With, with a divine plan, with a divine purpose, and with divine grace to get it done. 
So he made plans for you before the world began. And once you're born again and you start listening to the Holy Spirit, what happens is that the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you the plans that God made for you. And at that point, what God does is he freely offers you, say offers. God offers us the life that he planned for us to have. God is saying, first of all, he said this to Moses, hey, I'm giving you this land. I'm offering you this land. But unfortunately, they messed around and put a no where God had already put a yes. God offers us the same thing. God offers things to us. God, God is offering you the life that he planned for you from the foundations of the world. He's offering you, offering it to you because he's offering you his best and he's offering it to you by grace. It's unearned, it's unmerited, it's undeserved. You don't have to work for it, but you do have to believe for it. And God does this simply because God is good. Say God is good. God is a good God. He made good plans and he wants to bless you because he wants to bless you because he's good. This is what he did for the nation of Israel. He led them out of Egypt. They were not empty handed. They came out with gold and silver and precious stones. They were no longer slaves. They had physical possessions. And now God was offering them the land that was promised to their forefathers. And God does the same thing for us. Once we're born again, God offers us the life that he planned for us from the foundations of the world. He begins to reveal to us the blessed plans that, that he already had made for us before the world began. And our job is to believe those plans. Our, our job is to make those plans the blueprint for our life. Our job is to believe and receive what God has already prepared. And, and several things are tied to those plans. Those plans are A, a blueprint for success for us, like a tailor-made blueprint. God's plans for my life are a blueprint for my success because I can never be a success outside of those plans. So God's plans for my life are A, a blueprint for my success, a tailor-made blueprint for me. B, it's a roadmap. God's plans for my life are a roadmap to my divine destiny because following God's plans are going to take me to God's overall expected end. So as I'm following God's plans for my life, and it's a blueprint for my success, it's actually a roadmap for my own destiny. So the plans that God made for me, that's why I can't worry about other people. I can celebrate them and pray for them, but I can't be focused on them. God made plans for me and God's plans for me are tailor-made. They are a blueprint for my own success and they are a roadmap to my own destiny. And so what I need to do is fo follow God's plans for me. They're taking me to an expected end. They're taking me to the, to the place that God planned for me. And so what I'm doing is every day of my life, every month, every year, I'm trying to get incrementally closer to God's overall expected end for my life. So I'm walking down to the path, the road to my destiny. Why? Because God is revealing to me the blueprint for my success. And then lastly, see, God's plans for my life have promises, say promises, have promises that are tied to the grace that is available to me. So God is showing me great and precious promises. We, we studied 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, that by these promises, we become partakers of God's divine nature. And so what happens is, as I'm walking with God and God is walking with me and God is giving me great and precious promises, and I believe the promises and I live by faith and I lay hold of the grace that God has stored up for me, these promises are allowing me to lay hold of grace. These promises are allowing me to get to the point where the grace of God 
is available to me and I'm gra- I'm grabbing it. I'm laying hold of the grace of God. Why? Because I know what God called me to do. I have this individual tailor-made divine purpose and I'm walking it out. I, it's a blueprint for me. It's a roadmap for me. It's grace for me. And so I'm not, I'm not focused. I'm not derailed. I'm not going to derail myself from my own destiny. I'm not going to allow myself to be distracted by the, the, the either the successes or the challenges of other people. I will pray for other people. I will stand in the gap for other people. I will encourage other people, but I can't live my life based on other people. I have a tailor-made plan for success just for me. Say amen to that. All right, number two, grace does not come by work, but grace does come for work. So I've told you this many times, grace is a gift. And so you can't work for a gift, you just receive it. But once you receive the grace of God, once you receive the gift of God, while you cannot work for grace, you do have to work by grace. Some mistake the message of God's grace to to think that they do nothing. Some mistake the message of God's grace. Jay, my friend Jay Santiago and I talk about this all the time. But some people think that the grace of God means that you can just sit back and do nothing. Like God is going to deliver you success to your door like Uber Eats or, or Grubhub or something. No, no. God's grace actually empowers you. It's not that you sit back and do nothing. God's grace empowers you to do all things. Say, I can do all things. It is through the grace of God that I can do all things. It is through the grace of God that I'm able to do what I could never do without God. It is through the grace of God, God's super all my natural, that enables me to operate beyond the the limits of my humanity. And so, no, it's not that I'm just going to sit back and do nothing. I am empowered to do all things. God offered Canaan to his people. Hey guys, I'm giving you this land. It was promised to your forefathers. I'm offering it to you by grace. And then God required them to operate in faith to take possession of it. Let me say that again. God offered it to them by grace. God does the same thing with us. And God then required them to use their faith to lay hold of it, to take possession of it. See, the land was theirs, but it was inhabited by giants. So if they were going to take possession of the land, it was going to require a faith fight. And that's the way it is with us. Don't think that just because God promised you something, God promised you this job that is going to be easy. Don't think that because God promised you this, oh, this is your marriage that is going to be without challenges. Or God promised you this business that 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 means everything is supposed to be easy. No, God, listen, God will give you stuff. But in the process of him giving you stuff, you might have to knock down some giants along the way. The promise of God is amazing, but then we have to go fight for it. The promise of God is amazing, but then we have to go fight to take possession of it. This is why it's critical that you meditate and medicate on the word of God day and night. The land was already theirs, but they had to go take it. And there's some stuff that's already yours, but you have to go take it. Say, I'm going to go take it. Listen, I'm telling you, you got to get up off that bed and you got to go take it. Listen, you can't run from the fight. When you're born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, you run to the fight. I mean, you, they were two out of the 12 spies that was like, we're ready. We are well able. We can take them. If God says the land is ours, I don't care how big them jokers are. It's It's ours. Let's do it. We can do it. But 10 out of the 12 wanted to run from it. They had a grasshopper mentality. As a believer, if there's some stuff that God gave you, you got to go get it. And you got to go take it. It's already yours, but you got to go take it. Godly success doesn't mean that you sit around and wait like for God to deliver it to you. No, godly success may mean that you work harder than you've ever worked in your life. 
But the difference is you're not the one that's doing it. It is the grace of God that's flowing through you. Isabella and I, I was talking to somebody yesterday. Uh, we went to a soccer game, an MLS soccer game with one of my mentors in the military. This man has known me since I was 18 years old. And he was asking us, you know, he loves us. We love them, him and his wife. And they were talking to us and they were asking us about, you know, our lives. And so as we're going through like all the stuff we're involved in, uh, he says to me, wow, well, uh, that doesn't sound like retirement, <laughs> you know? It's like, well, I mean, we're working in many cases harder than we've ever worked, but it's not us doing it. It is the grace of God. We're enjoying it. Why? Because there's some stuff that God gave us, but then we got to go get it. There's some stuff that God gave you, but then you got to go get it. You got to take possession of it. Say, say I take possession. You got to take possession of what God has given you by his grace for his glory. Now, while you're doing all of this, what you focus on matters. Last point for today, number three, what you focus on matters. Success and failure both start in the mind. Proverbs 23 and seven teaches us that you are the way you think you are. If you think you can or you think you can't, either way, you're right. And so you are the way you think you are. Uh, uh, so as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If the enemy can, can get you to see yourself defeated in your own mind, then Satan doesn't have to defeat you because you already, you already, you got defeated before you ever got started. You defeated you. If the devil can get you to see yourself defeated before you ever got started, then you're defeated before you ever got started. And he didn't defeat you. You defeated you. What you focus on matters. That's exactly what happened with, with the spies. 10 out of the 12 spies saw themselves defeated and they infected millions of people with fear. And now millions of people died in the wilderness and millions of people missed out on God's best. See, I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on God's best. I don't want to get to heaven only to realize, hey, there was so much more that you could have done, son, but you didn't believe or you were afraid or you focused on the wrong things or you pursued selfish desires. So I don't know about you. I mean, like I I'm living my life to where I'm always asking God, show me. If I'm doing something wrong, let me know. If I'm pursuing something that's selfish, let me know. If it's me and not you, listen, I, if, if you don't want me to have it, I don't want it. If you want me to have it, I'll go after it. What do you want me to do? Like, I'm always asking God. I'm always seeking. What you don't want to do is ever allow yourself to get to the point where you're pursuing the wrong things or chasing your own desires. Or here's another one, what we're talking about here, where God does want you to have something and you know that he wants you to have it, but then you're afraid of it. Why? Because it, se it seems like work. Like there's a lot of problems. Listen, Joshua chose. Faith is a choice. Joshua chose to focus on the promise instead of the problem. Joshua saw the giants. Caleb saw the giants. They was like, okay, them jokers big, but my God is bigger. They chose to focus on the promise and not the problem. Uh, not the problem. So at the end of the day, their contemporaries, Joshua and Caleb, their contemporaries died in the wilderness, but they got the promised land. They were able to take possession of the promised land. Why? Because they chose faith over fear. They chose. The greatest barrier to your blessing is your capacity to believe God. The more you can believe God, the more God can do through you. You are only limited by your capacity to believe God. Mark 9 and 23 says, all things are possible to him that believes. So as a believer, let me start to wrap this up. As a key to godly success, when the time comes for you to take possession of it, like when the time came 
for Joshua to lead the whole nation of Israel into the promised land. God told Joshua, you have to meditate on this word, son, day and night. You got to keep the word in your mouth. You got to speak the word only, and then you got to go do it. You got to keep the, the word in your mouth, in your mind, and in your methods. You got to speak it, you got to think it, and then you got to go do it. And as a believer, I'm saying you got to do the same thing. You're going to look at, when you, when you live that way, you will see challenges, you will see giants, but you will see those giants as small because you're going to be look at, looking at your challenges through God's perspective. So in closing, three things. God made plans for you. I already taught you that. You have the grace for those plans. I already taught you that. But you will never tap into that grace if you don't focus on the promises of God long enough to believe what God believes about you. Say, I will take possession. As a believer, I want you to, to, to make faith as a choice. You got to believe right now that you will take possession of every promise over your life. You ready? I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Declare the word of God over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about grace-based success. I know that for me to become the man or woman that I am birthed to be, I must align my heart, my mind, my lips, and my legs with your plans for me. And I declare that I do. I take possession of every promise. I choose to give my attention to your word. Your word is life to me. It is health and healing to all my flesh. Your words give my life meaning. Your words provide divine direction. Your words build me up from the inside out. So I meditate on your word day and night, and I'm literally medicating on it. Your word ministers to me. Like Joshua, you made plans for me before the world began. And I meditate, and I medicate on your word long enough to see myself doing it. I take possession of every promise, and I will kill every giant that stands in my way. Therefore, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, you should want my notes. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big, big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Or sign up your friends. Do that. Put in their email address. And then do me a favor. Leave two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to learn more about our ministry or you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit ripministries.org. You will learn there what we're doing in the Caribbean, providing a Christ-based education to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic. We also provide them a hot meal every day. If you would like to partner with us, click on the donate button. All the donations are tax deductible in the United States. If you don't have my book, Level Up Your Life, go to rickpina.co and get the book today. From rickpina.co, you'll also see that I have journals and I also have some other products and apparel and etc. all centered around the grace life. And then lastly, if you 
enjoy this content, but you want direct access to Isabella and I, the Lord impressed it upon my heart for Isabella and I to start mentoring people, giving people access to us to be able to ask us questions. We're answering questions about ministry, about missions, nonprofit, for-profit. I'm addressing things uh, as far as how I preach, our approach to preaching. We're putting out private content just for a specific group in the Patreon. So please visit patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina if you're interested in this material. Have an amazing day.